everybody. Welcome into Lo the Lachlan Studios, a.k.a. the Lachlan Basement. Come Dad, on, Bart. Stop studio. it already. Look at all this cool stuff. <laughs> We've got lights. we got everything here. This is our studio. Okay, not basement. Studio. I tried to pull a fast one on you. Studio 18. Oh, I like it. We're, we're going to get an advertiser for that. We're Hello, in Studio everybody. <laughs> Welcome into Family Face-Off Studio 18. I'm Courtney Lachlan. <laughs> That's my dad. You all know him. Craig Lachlan. Um, dad, I don't even know what's going on. It's week five here now of Family Face-Off, and the COVID stuff has finally hit the caps and really the NHL. Um, I, do we even want to go over the games from last week? Do we want to talk about uh, the week ahead? How, what are you feeling? I'm feeling, first off the bat, because COVID has depressed me because... We're going to miss games coming up, and they're going to have to be rescheduled. So that's a real bummer. Uh, before we get into our show, I want this to be sort of a, a timely thing every time we do Family Face-Off. I want oh, to talk about okay. number five. Oh, okay, the number five. Greatest number fives ever, and obviously I'll end with a cap. Greatest number fives oh, so ever. You're just making that, you just made up a whole new segment. Yes, okay. Oh. <laughs> Greatest number fives. Nick Lidstrom. Come on, there's no one even close to number five in Motown. Nick Lidstrom, I think, won probably 25 Norris trophies. Just kidding, but he won a ton. <laughs> and he's won Stanley Cups, Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, one of the best number fives. Number two, Dennis Potvin. Even though when I played against him, he was the big hip checker on the island, but he was the captain for the Islanders, won many Norris trophies, Lots of points, more offensive than Nick Lidstrom, but what a player he was. The best hip checker in the league by far that we've seen <laughs> in the last 40 years. Number three, Guy Lapointe, who played for Montreal when they had all their Stanley Cups. I had the fortunate opportunity to play with Guy and one of the greatest guys. Talk. Remember we talked, I think we were talking about pranks and pranksters and things like that. We yep. mentioned that. Well, there's no one better then Guy Lapointe pulling pranks, and I went through it as a rookie in Montreal. Just an unbelievable prankster, but an unbelievable defenseman. And last but not least, the best number five ever in Washington Capitals history, our good friend Rod Langway, the Secretary of Defense. So that's my quick look at who I rate as the top four or five, some days it may be five, players who wore number five around the NHL. Rod Langway also joined our show Family Face-Off a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. um, fantastic to talk to. So depress me so some more. Let's talk okay. about COVID. <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel me... like now it's like my turn to talk. You just like stole Give the whole open of the show. Give me some statistics about this and what's happening. Okay, yeah. So obviously the Caps games are postponed until at least February 14th, Sunday, we believe, when they'll play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm -hmm. um, here's some kind of numbers about COVID around the league. 33 games as of Tuesday have been postponed. Um, there have been disruptions in games in every division except for the North Division, which is the Canadian Division. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Kind of crazy. Um, over 100 players across the league have gone on the COVID-19 list since the season began, but fewer than half of those players have confirmed positive test results. That's what Gary Bettman said last week. Here's what's interesting, though. 33,000 tests were conducted when the teams were in the bubble and zero positive COVID cases. So, uh, that, are we happen? okay then you're saying are we ready are we for moving? a pause or uh, a bubble i think we're ready for a bubble and i think that could happen i really honestly think we could be heading in that direction yeah. because of the 
uptick in all these COVID situations and games having to be canceled, players getting them. Uh, It's really put a real wrench in the schedule. I think the NHL had a good plan, though, at the start. They got about 10 days to two weeks at the end of the season before they actually kick into the playoffs to make sure they can finish off the season. You know what? I think at the end of the year, there'll be teams not playing a full complement of 56. Mm. I firmly believe that, Mm. and that's why they've already told everybody. Well, then it comes down to win percentage, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I don't. It, that doesn't bother me. If you're going to rank teams by win percentage, that is fine by me. But let's get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they did that when the Caps were when the teams were in the bubble last year. They rated them by points percentage. Correct. That will make it interesting, though, in terms of if teams play an unfair number of games, which we saw last year too in the bubble. The scoring titles and all those awards. And is it going to be unfortunate for some players because they played more games? Like right now, Dad, we're going to talk about it. We're going to do a little um, look around the NHL to see who's hot, who's not. Notes Mm -hmm. about things. Austin Matthews is leading the NHL in goal. So... Again, that's... The Canadian division, right? You expect them to play 56 no matter what. Connor right. McDavid, all those type right. of guys could have the upper hand on those type of awards. So be it. It's a way. Yeah. It's the cards we are dealt this year. I'm just so happy what the NHL has done, Court. And it happened when we were doing the New York Ranger game in New York when they stepped in and said, you know what? Let's make some changes. Let's try to be... A progressive. Let's not sit back. We see these cases happening, so let's implement new things. Mm-hmm. Let's implement no glass behind the bench so there's more airflow. Right. Let's make sure the players sit six feet apart, and I can't believe they could do that in New York because, honestly, court the dressing room that I sat in in New York City, <laughs> 10 by 10, <laughs> and, and I swear they never cleaned them when I played, but now they do, obviously, but that is a tough thing to do. I think the hour and 45 prior to games is a good thing, so right. less time in the rink. And I think some new things that are going to come out because of this uh, increase in COVID cases, I think we're going to see more filters, HEPA filters Mm. and things like that placed on the benches, placed in the locker room. I think you're going to see more team events such as uh, video reviews done at home via Zoom. And the players will practice. They'll go home and they're going to say, you know what, guys, we have a three o'clock Zoom with Coach Laviolette, mm-hmm. 3 to 3.45, that we're going to go over our systems for the upcoming game. Rather than keeping the players in the rink, and rather than keeping them in the practice rink and the big rinks. But they already kind of are, right? Those protocols are in that 56-page document that the NHL sent out. Correct. But I think still, I, I still think you're allowed few team meetings, and you're yeah. allowed things like that, and you're allowed to talk to players with distancing, but you can't really have big group functions in the locker room. So I just think more things can be done remote. I think through COVID, we've learned how to deal with remote learning, Mm -hmm. with remote meetings, with remote everything that we're doing, right? So why not carry that over and just have the players there for practice, get them out of there so they get home and they're in a safe environment. I still think, though, I think one of the concerns, and even Sam Sonoff talked about it and um, Kuznetsov talked about it, Sam Sonoff said he had trouble breathing even when he was walking, right? So I think the concern now for a lot of fans out there, for media that is watching this league is – when is enough for putting these players at jeopardy? And I know that they signed up for it. They agreed to the document. They agreed to the protocols. Uh And they are professional athletes. But when – I don't know. I don't think I personally expected this many COVID cases four weeks into the season. And I do think it's time for the NHL to kind of be like, okay, 
What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? And to do that, it's going to take a real good relationship between the NHLPA and the NHL. And I'm not sure who's going to step up first. It could be the NHLPA powers and their side of the bargaining group that says, look, guys, enough is enough. Let's take a pause. Let's go to a bubble. Mm-hmm. We ha- we're having too many cases right now, and, and that's we're. I think that's going to unfold. I really believe all these cases and all, not cases, but all these events will unfold. I think before March first, mm-hmm. before sort of the second half of the right. season kicks in. Well, let's get to the caps then, Dad, because okay. we do have some things yeah. to talk about. Um, they've lost three straight. Uh, um, not. Great, and as Lavi said, negative Nelly today. <laughs> I know. Wow, I, had, a, I thought I was a having show I, at Studio Eight. I thought here. I was trying to throw, throw some fun in with number five. Dad, now no... I got COVID. Now I got three in a row losing. What are you going to throw at me next? There's no Cats hockey till February There's 14th. Three. You see, you got a hat trick of <laughs> negatives. Only nine minutes into the show. Um, okay, but they have lost three in a row. Yep. And as Laviolette said, they're scoring enough, but they're allowing too many. Vanacek, I think, finally was at his breaking point after his um, great start to the season. And then he sort of faltered against the Flyers. And then yep. you see Craig Anderson come in. I don't think he... Wasn't sharp. He was not. Um, and I I don't know. I think when you look at it, they have a lot of injuries. They had a lot of guys out for COVID protocols. This isn't... The, the roster that we've seen the Caps team is not the Washington Capitals roster. Since the first two games, Court, when we said, wow, are the Caps ever coming out of the gate fast? They've only had eight players play every game. Wow. Till now. So that sort of tells you the story. It has been mix and match, throw the lines in the blender, throw the players in the blender. And I'm not even sure Laviolette on a nightly basis knows who's going to be available. Right. And at what time? Yeah. And so he's trying to mix and match. We saw him go 11 and 7 right in Mm -hmm. New York, uh, maybe due to players or maybe due to salary cap. And so you have all these issues playing into the thing. And, And I'm very happy with where they are the points that they've put up right they're really right. six and six when right. you look at it you get loser points but they're six and six so they're five a 500 team but they're still battling philadelphia and boston for the top spot in the east and they still in my mind once they get healthy will be a powerhouse to f- be in the top of this division so some bright spots alex ovechkin has ah. been great that top line OB wow. back Ov Backstrom Wilson, phenomenal. Um, Backstrom, I mean, leading the leading the Caps in points, seventeen, 17 points. points, six goals, eleven assists. And we talk about balance, though, and that sort of that sort of derails our thought on balance, right? Because <laughs> their top trio, eleven points versus the Flyers, the rest of the team had one, forty-one points between the three leading the team. You know, Backstrom, Ov, and Wilson, twelve points apiece. So. I think it's going to come down to health now. Mm-hmm. And Kuzi has to get healthy from COVID. Sam Sonoff has to get healthy. You go to the guys that are nicked up like a Schultz. That was a real blow, right. I believe, right. through the blue line when he got hit in the puck by Bellows, the Bellows kid from uh, the island. So uh, I think that they need to get healthy in a hurry. Well, Dad, that is one bright spot, yeah. right? I guess another Absolutely. bright spot is you. we talk about these injuries and COVID and Schultz. They The Caps now have time to rest, recover, get their lineup back to the way that they want it. So, yes, while it's unfortunate that they're going to be off for, what, almost a week now? Almost a week. Um, 
they will have a lot of time to rest and recover and maybe go over some films, some things that they don't have mm -hmm. a ton of time to do um, and to really study the game and to go over a lot of things that they want to fix. Well, yeah, because now they can actually practice it. It's a lot easier on the ice. You know, even in Toronto, there's some new things. I know you want to talk about Pittsburgh coming up here, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, the Caps... And teams like, for example, the Caps have practice time now, so it's going to be interesting in how they utilize that. I think some guys, it's going to be conditioning, guys right. like Kuznetsov and Samsonov and guys like that, TJ Oshie getting the back in the lineup, hopefully his upper body injury is fine. And teams are looking at different ways to teach players now because of COVID. In Toronto, they're even trying different stuff to try to teach the players so they don't spend as much time in the locker room. Sheldon Keith actually brought a big screen TV out onto the bench. And the players after practice, even the older veteran guy said, man, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a visual learner. And when does this come through, right? Like, I, I can't believe it that all of a sudden, but we've seen it in college rinks, right? right. Where they have the big right. screen and you can actually see yourself in practice and they monitor <laughs> your practice so you're not so-called floating around. <laughs> that would have been bad for me. But I tell you what, I used to hide the best. Like, if I had to skate... The one thing I always did when I skated court, when they said, okay, line it up, we're going to do some up and downs or blue line, red line and back and all that. I never, ever skated with Mike Gartner or Eddie. Oh, Mike. yeah. What, the fast players? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. When they say to like line up or get in groups, so you'd always want to go to like the slow people or always go to the back because by going in the back, you for sure could not be first See? in skating See drills. What I've taught uh, you yeah, over the I years. I feel like, um, like father, like daughter <laughs> yeah. for sure because I would always go to the back line. But dad, this brings up an interesting point. Like, what were your practices like? And you talk about being a visual learner. Number one, you don't teach visually at Network Hockey in all I of know, our camps. You're never at a whiteboard so like writing weird. things down. I want to take it in mentally and, and try to comprehend it. But yeah, I, it's a good point. So I'm going to carry a 65-inch oh. screen in my back pocket, I guess, <laughs> out of the ice. But no, our coaches, Brian Murray and Terry Murray, would stand like this with their hats down. And they'd say, boys, we just came off a road trip. We would land at uh, Washington National, get off the plane get a bus, go to Mount Vernon, get in the locker room, get dressed and be on the ice. We only had like a half hour to get ready. On the ice we'd go. And he said, boys, we're going to sweat it out a little bit, get a lather going. I know you guys were out last <laughs> I was about night. I to say, yeah, why is he telling you to <laughs> yeah, sweat it out? What's he, he said, asking you to sweat out? I know you out? guys went out last <laughs> night. Don't think I don't know. And that was the type of practice. No, very high tempo. I thought Brian Murray, Terry Murray. But in this day and age, it's all about teaching more. Yeah. They teach even yeah. more skills than we were ever taught. We were taught, you know, typical systems, but never did we really say, okay, Craig, you're turning your stick wrong to catch that pass off right. the wall, where now everything's so darn technical. Well, be well because of technology, right? Technology yeah, has been able to enhance the game for the good or bad, whether mm -hmm. you like the things that technology yeah. has been able to enhance. Um, so, Dad, you talk about your old days with the Washington Capitals, and you mentioned guys like Brian Murray. February 9th, I want to know, February 9th, 1988, does that date mean something to you? Because this is our Landover Legends segment. Do you have any idea what that date is? Uh, it means a lot to me, but I think it means a lot more to other people that got fleeced on a trade. <laughs> <laughs> I know fans out saying? there are saying Marty Erat for Forsberg was one of the worst trades. Yeah. Lachlan for Ledger. Give me a break. David Poyle got fleeced on that deal, sending me to L.A. So that's what happened on February 9th, yeah. 1988. But David did say when he traded me, I figured, Craig, you might want to be a movie star later on oh. in life. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, Wesley trained you at LA. And Dad, how did that work out for you? Not very good. <laughs> Not very good because we're in our basement at Locker, Lo- Lachlan Studio, Lachlan 18, doing family fo- Locker podcasts. 18 family Studio Facebook. Court. Get it right, okay? Am I going to have to keep telling you it's Locker 18 Studio? <laughs> I thought it was Locker 18 Studio. Okay. 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 Legends of Landover, Dad. We yes. have a special guest oh, coming God. on the show to talk about what that day was like was and tough, to give an tough insight. Day court, considering I had spent a lot of time here, over 400 games, it, it, it put tears in our eyes when we heard we were being traded to L.A. So joining us is none other than Linda Lachlan. Mom is on the show, and she joined us, Dad, to give what it was like for her and the family the day that you were traded. It was the all-star break. When we, uh, you were born, I think, on a, on a Tuesday, maybe. I'm not sure. But it, you, we came home maybe a couple of days before, because in those days I had a C-section, and people stayed in the hospital five, six days. So I had just come home, and we actually planned the section around the All-Star break, (laughs) because in those days, you know, guys did not get days off, they did not get any breaks, and so we thought, oh, this is great, we, you know, it just happens to be the right time, and we can, we can do that. So we, so that's how we did it, and then, um, you know, we were, probably a couple of days home watching the all-star game and as soon as the all-star game was over the phone rang and my heart sank i thought i knew it how did you know guys get traded after the all-star game you weren't playing a lot you were probably in and out of the lineup for the first time in your career since from the day you came up from montreal oh yeah there was always that happy thought around the house (laughs) big sour lip and the combination, it, it just, it felt like, and, and nobody and so calls it. at 10.30 at night either. No so, good phone call comes at, at 10, night. So there's yeah. the 10.30 at night call after the game was over. There was, dad hadn't dressed regular since probably Christmas. So there was that. And there was the fact that that's when that was one of the big trade. All the mm-hmm. GMs were around chit-chatting. What do you got? What can I use? And so they were all buddy-buddy at the game. And, you know, when that phone rang, I just said, oh, oh. And, uh, of and course, I, I made Dad take it, which he usually didn't do. Because uh, I knew. Because I just knew. And, and my, there's no caller ID, right? So, like, no, you don't no, know. No, no, house phone, point. caller ID, right, yeah. exactly. And my heart so. felt, uh, yeah. No, so hard. were you like literally on the plane the next, the next day? day? So here I am, this little newborn in yep. diapers. Seven diapers. Days old. You're, you're Not even in diapers. I'm in a brand swaddle. new baby, and I had a three-year-old. Kyle was a three-year-old at the time. Uh, no family here. Um, uh, Canada was the closest family, and we were about to go to L.A. Remember, in those days, people just didn't hop on planes and do that. Yeah. I mean. F- our family would never have done it. Craig's mom and dad, they grandma. They didn't charter a plane for me. Put uh, it that no, way. no, they shouldn't. <laughs> Not so the, like they do now. The next morning, first thing, dad went to the rink and he had to gather up his sticks and his gear and his this and his say goodbye and clear out his locker and everything because else. And LA then by was playing that night. right, and by I think he had like a four o'clock flight, which would have got him out there that night with the time change. I don't think he dressed i'm not sure if you did i did not dress what i did is i walked into the fabulous forum and i was like (laughs) starstruck i'm in la i'm at the fabulous forum yeah and i ended up sitting probably 10 rows off the ice because they said you know you traveled all day you're not going to play even though they probably wanted me to play that you're not playing today and i remember the gm coming to me who at the time was hall of famer Rogi Vashon, oh, yeah, and he was a GM, mm-hmm. and he said to me in his broken French, we are so happy to have you. <laughs> we have been looking for a fast winger this whole season. <laughs> and Dad and said, uh-oh. I was like, this may not work <laughs> out. Not even the scouting 
fucking report on you? I don't Apparently know. Not. Maybe listen to some maybe scout was, that wasn't maybe, watching. Maybe it was translated into French, came out a little different, <laughs> I think. Very possibly, but I'm not sure. I knew I was in trouble as soon as he said that. Um, because I was not fast. But I did end up, I think, scoring my first game on a slap shot. I forget against two on the power play when Robbie mm-hmm. Vitor put me in no. the game. But mm-hmm. it was a hard transition. And you move months later when she had to yeah i had to stay home two kids out yeah right so you didn't go i mean you were at a c-section seven days later going out surgery with him to la no i had to wait six weeks minimum before i would even be allowed to travel so there i am newborn new baby three-year-old by myself dad's gone trying not only to manage that environment but then also pack up a house pack up children i have to find a flight i have to get you i mean you're a newborn and it's it not was, easy to, to travel you, it was yeah. hard being a star out in la oh yeah. oh, poor baby he had a tough time um <laughs> the only and, star that i'm looking at is this one right here well, it was a lot it was a lot to travel baby in arm three-year-old in tow uh a bassinet travel a travel bed travel a uh, playpen, a car seat, right? Yeah, I gotta have. Yeah, we were did. with Ron Duguay. Ronnie Duguay got traded right after us, like From two days New later. York Rangers. So yeah, and so he came, and they we, uh, we 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 hung out together. They they were it was a lot of fun there. That part was great, and she right. had, she had two kids, so we would go to the 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 pool in the community, and the kids. I mean, this was you know this is hockey season, and we're going to the pool with the kids, and uh, guys were at practice, and they yeah. took their car together, and they drove to practice and we hung out together so that part you know wasn't wasn't so bad i came out actually with um a, a gal that we used to babysit you and i paid her like two months salary to come with me because i figured oh, i'm not gonna have any babysitters i'm never gonna see a game i'm never gonna this so i well at seven weeks she was a handful also <laughs> honey i mean it has not so changed nothing's changed that's right uh i mean i right could off buy it honestly i don't know <laughs> so that was part of our entourage is i i uh she actually came later though she didn't fly with me so i still had you guys as babies to fly but she came about a week later and so that was really helpful that you know gave me a little bit of of mobility with dad being brand new there right. and I wanted to assimilate with the with the gals with the wives and the families and so it, it gave me a little bit of uh, freedom but it was a it was a process and um, and how times have changed oh right yeah like, it's a whole new world players take days off oh yeah and they, they get everything they get to not go to yeah. practice yeah. and all these things and it's I don't know it's a totally different world it is it is and um but I mean you know this was this was hockey you know we got <laughs> totally different. you know we got married at the end of August for all those same reasons like everything you was planned every family was planning around, around correct. hockey family yeah. planning and 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 <laughs> life planning was all scheduled around you know what his requirements well, were going to be uh, and I tell you this court <laughs> she may be trying to take over my seat here oh. Family Face Off. <laughs> no, I, I like don't, this. Talk about this segment. This is one of the best we've ever had. Welcome into Family Face Off. This is Courtney, joined by Linda Lachlan, my mom, and we're going to talk about the cats. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm very happy to be behind the scenes. Well behind. Well behind. Well behind. We love you, Mom. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining on this my little girls. Nice segment of really, this is really Family Face Off. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it was so tough on her. I mean, remember back in the day, we had no days off after you were born, no time to right. spend with at the hospital with my wife, and and all of a sudden I'm traded, and it's like wow. But back then it was like, Craig, you're going to play hockey. That's your job. 
I'm going to be taking care of the kids. And she took all of that under her own wings. Mm -hmm. and, and that, to me, uh, kudos. First star, MVP, <laughs> Norris Aww, Trophy, Mom. Art Ross, <laughs> you name it. She won every trophy that was available for what she did. This also brings up an interesting point. Yes, there's no doubt that the way that the NHL and players across all sports are treated differently, especially when yep. it comes to their family. But this year and this season, I don't know. This this trade talk is interesting to me because we saw the one trade of Patrick Laine for Pierre-Luc Dubois going to Winnipeg and Columbus. Mm. Are there going to be a lot of trades? I mean, yes, there's no – the days of the blockbuster trades, even when you came to Washington, yep. it's kind of done and over. I think so. But I even look at this season – with 56 games and so many teams not even playing, having weeks off because of COVID, I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to see the amount of trades that we've even used to be seeing even last year, the year before. I just think it's probably going to come at the deadline for teams that are out saying, look, it, we're out. Sure. <laughs> we're okay. going to make some moves. Yeah. The problem there is then you've got another two weeks or you have quarantine time that you have to be aware of for those players, especially right. it's not going to be easy, for example, to come from Canada to play in the States or go from the States to play in Canada, right? right? There's so many rules and regulations, not only by the countries, but from the States or the provinces about COVID and all that. So to me, it's a very difficult thing. And plus the season short, it's like people ask me, are there going to be any coaches fired? I don't <laughs> think they can be right. because the monetary factor is teams can't afford in this environment to play a coach that's been with them, to add another coach to the salary. And all right. of a sudden, I don't think, and because of that, only these type of deals that can be put together for players that want out. And mm. the players that want out, you've got to make a move. You can't have them be a part of the team anymore when they say, I want to be traded. And to me, that was probably a big part of the Luc Dubois and Line deal. Mm -hmm. So Pierre-Luc Dubois, Patrick Line. Line A comes to Columbus. So, Dad, let's let's take a look at the NHL. Wait a um, second. Can I touch on Line A? Sure. That might have been the worst team for him to go to <laughs> with John Tortorella. And his demands on a player, number one, to be ready to play, number two, to play both sides of the puck. And we've seen it with Line A right off the bat. He's not the same player because he was off. He right. wasn't. He was hurt. He didn't play. Now he comes into an environment that Tortorella's like – guys, you got to be in shape to play, and I'm only going to play if you're in, in shape. Roselvic comes in, and he's in fantastic shape. The kid from Columbus, who's playing great, plays over 20-some minutes. Line A gets benched in his third or fourth mm -hmm. game and doesn't play. To mm -hmm. me, that's going to be a dicey situation. And classic Tort says, hey, what happens in the locker room? I'm not going to talk about it, but yeah, I, I want a lot for my players. That's that's a whole yeah. other show for family. We're going to do a coaching show, yes. John Tortorella. So, Dad, real quickly, yep. let's just, like, have some fun and talk okay. about what's happening around the NHL. In the East, I want to talk on this because we talked about um, practices and what it was like. Yep. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they went out to practice earlier this week. They all used wooden sticks, just like this one back there that weighs That's about awesome. 500 pounds. And they tweeted and they said that wooden sticks are generally heavier, less flexible, and have less bounce, perfect for working on puck control. A great idea. I mean, coaches are trying to be innovative, especially when they had a long layoff. Right. So now you're trying to make practices interesting, whether they run games and small game situations like we do all the time, we see in kids hockey, they do the same thing, but now adding different equipment. I know when you played, we used to play, you used to flip your stick over. If I was a ready, I had to play lefty. We'd sometimes also play ringette when I was in Canada, <laughs> where we'd flip our stick over and play ringette. Right. And to me, all those things just keep you 
enthused, keep you a part of it. But the big thing in Pittsburgh court, maybe they are going to go and the, and Brian Burke may come in and say, guys, all you can use now is wooden sticks because he is old <laughs> school uh-uh. and he becomes the head of hockey operations and their new GM, Ronnie Hextall, they're going to try to change it around after Rutherford left unsuspectingly and quickly. Any other um, real quick notes about teams in the NHL, disappointments, good things, bad things? You know what? All we're talking about, you know, here in town, and I want to mention this, is Vancouver. Yeah. You know, everyone, Braden Holpe's out there. I mean, Demko's out there. They're getting no support. Have lost five straight. They allow court. A breakaway, a period. Yeah. What the heck is going on there? And that, to me, was going to be one of my surprise picks this year. I thought what they did last year was spectacular. But their big guns aren't playing great. Their defense is as porous as Swiss cheese. And they're in (laughs) trouble. I just think they're in trouble. Court, they lose another couple of games. I'm going to, you know, like Joe B gets mad at me when I start Xing off teams. I'm going to start Xing off teams. 15 games in the season. That's three I mean, games you away. You have to, though, with Correct. the 56-game season. How about this? Toronto leads the league 21 points, 10-2-1. I mean, would you have thought that they would have been the number one team in the NHL? No. There's <laughs> absolutely no way. Uh, but they're getting great goaltending. I like their their stars are playing like stars. Yeah. Matthews is great. Marner's been Lee's great. Tavares has been great. I just don't know, Court, and I'm going to say this now, if they can come out and get to the Stanley Cup finals. I don't think they can. I know everyone in Canada is rooting for that with hey, that all Canadian I wore 14 and 18 there, great. by the way. You Did you what? know that? What? I first wore 14 in Toronto, and then uh, Peter Anachuk got traded, so I quickly asked the trainer, can I have number 18? And they said yes. Why 18? Because I wore it here all the time. I, why'd you get it? Why'd you wear it here? Do we, or you're like Bonsai or Bondro, and he was just like, you know I what? don't know. There was no reason why I wore 18. Back in the day, you were just given a jersey. There was no like, oh, give me number nine because I feel like I'm Bobby Hall. Give me number four because I'm Bobby Orr. No, oh, I was given 18, day. and you don't say a word. You stand there and say, yes, sir. Yes, yes, thank you. Hmm. Totally different. It wasn't well, like when you played, when you demanded 99 or whatever you demanded. I did but that's, not. A, that's another story, I 99. I wore number 22 in honor of you because you wore that number at Clarkson. That's I because 99 was taken. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of 18, thanks, everybody, for joining into Family Faceoff and watching us record this episode at the Lachlan One last 18 thing. Studio. Yeah. Locker 18 Studio. Locker 18 Court. Studio. Okay, I'll, one get more it, thing. I'll get it next One show. more thing, fans. <laughs> we are so thrilled that everyone went out and bought Wicked Rister. We it's are. been a fantastic success, and all the money's going to a great cause. We can't, but thank you, thank you, and thank you for what you did with that beer. Almost sold out, which is incredible. And Court, I gotta almost run. Court, out, too. Court, I gotta, almost out. Court, I'll see you later. <laughs> oh. Take it away. I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> all yeah. right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching Family Face-Up, Episode 5. You can turn in next week, Episode 6. We'll be back. You can check us out anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, RealFunDC.com. For Courtney Lachlan, Wait who a knows you where still my need dad me, is. Court, I'm back. No, I got it. That's a wrap. <laughs> we'll see you guys Goodbye, next time. Goodbye, everybody. Go Cats.